Hey, web-slingers, it's me, Stan Lee, and this is the Ponce Stevenson Show, PonceStevenson.com, episode 161, Friday, December 17th, 2010, that's right, Natch! This is the Ponce Stevenson Show, PonceStevenson.com, episode 161. I am Rob, you are Greg. I am indeed! And this is part two of our five-year anniversary special celebration. Yes, a gala we are, event. We, <laughs> we are the the uh, the ancient Greeks of podcasting. <laughs> okay. Well, five years in podcasting is like eons in real life. Right. And then Frank Nora from the Overnight Scape is like is like the amoeba of podcasting. <laughs> the amoeba. It's like the the very first organism. Like a pulsar. <laughs> a quasar. Quasar. What's that? Quasar is like the oldest uh, bodies in the universe. Ah, yes, yes, he is the quasar. We are the the white dwarfs. Anyway, um, all right, so, so we're five continuing. years. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to the Punch Stevenson Show. We're starting off with episode number 99, and it was me, you, and Dennis, our friend from many locales, in the hula hands, <laughs> and Rob decides to tell this story about him sending some uh, audio equipment through the mail, UPS, and it winding up in Texas, <laughs> and this absolutely insane Texas guy having a phone conversation with him that wound up somehow involving life-sized robots. Yeah, that was really crazy. <laughs> I have no idea how that even happened. Ah, uh, that's insane. <laughs> so I, I wrote down the address, and I went home, and I typed it in to the computer, to the search engine, and I got the person's name and telephone number of that address. It was actually listed. Which was really good because then I contacted the person. And I forget his name was. Let's say Mr. Smith. So I called up and said, "Hi, may I speak to Mr. Smith?" A woman answered. "Hi, may I speak to Mr. Smith?" And she just hung up on me. And I was just thinking, "Uh oh." <laughs> so I called back a few seconds later. She picked up. Hello. So look, I'm sorry. This isn't a sales call. I'm, I'm, I would like to speak to Mr. Smith. He signed for a UPS package, and I need to talk to him about it. So she put me on this guy, with this guy, and he answers the phone. Hello! <laughs> said, hi, I'm sorry to bother you. My name is Rob. And about, about six weeks ago, 
I sent a UPS package to someone in Massachusetts. Buford T. Justice. I sent a UPS package to someone in Massachusetts, and for some reason, it got sent to you instead. Oh, you crumb bum. Do you still have the package? Oh, man, I got lots of packages in my garage. UPS keeps sending them to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? That's weird. They're like, well, here's the address it was supposed to go to. Here's my name. Oh, there's a guy who looks like Kenny Rogers. You missed him. <laughs> so here's my name. So he went in down in the garage for about 20 minutes. Finally, he comes back like, yeah, I got your package right here. Just some sort of, some sort of gadget or electronical device <laughs> or <a> guitar. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's it. I said, what, what color is it? Well, look, it, it, it appears to be uh, some sort of shade of purple. I said, yes, that's the one. Oh, thank you. You have it. I'm so sorry to inconvenience you like this. Is there any way you could tape it back up and somehow, like, give it back to the UPS driver? Like, oh, the UPS driver's here every day. I could, I, I could flag him down and give it to him. So, like, I'm so sorry that you that I'm putting you through this. This is really nice of you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, UPS has been doing this to me for a while. I keep getting all sorts of packaging. <laughs> it's like the guy who passed away, except he's in Texas. So, Was he spitting tobacco in a thing so at the same time? So then... And I, I know I'm making fun of him, but it was really nice about the whole situation. So then, he goes... And this, like, this really kind of threw me for a loop. He goes, yeah, UPS has been doing this to me for a while. I keep getting packages from all over the place. And, uh, by the way, do you have my robot? What? <laughs> I was silent for a few seconds. I was like, excuse me? Well, I figured you, I got your package. Maybe you got my package. I, I, I ordered a robot. And I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> robot? What kind said, of robot? What, what do you mean a robot? You know, like one of them robots. Robots that you see on TV. It's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. I said, um... I haven't gotten a robot. I said, I haven't gotten... bodies of the UPS guys in the garage, too. I said, I haven't gotten anything... I haven't gotten anything from UPS. Nothing. No robots, no anything. And I said, I said just out of curiosity, though. And then I started, like, just messing with him a little bit, because I, I was kind of curious now. So I said, you know, just in case I do get your robot, can you describe it to me? And, you know, I saw it on one of them online websites, and, uh, you know, it was made out of metal. It was, like, silver-colored, and it had arms and legs that it could walk around, and it was, it was about my height. And I figured... Is this from Rocky IV, the robot that would come in with yeah. I know, Paulie. I figured, I figured maybe it could help with the, some of the housework around here. Oh my God! <laughs> I was really, really trying not to laugh because I wanted this guy to help me out. You should have asked the guy where the website is to order this robot. I want one. No, so I did. So actually, I asked him what the website was, and I forgot what he said. But I was at the computer and I typed sure, it in. Japan. No, I was at the computer and I typed it in, and nothing came up. So I don't know what this guy was talking about. I, I think you were calling to another dimension there. 
But anyway, what does UPS have? That's, I mean, doesn't UPS realize they keep? Why are they delivering all this stuff to this guy out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Texas? I don't know. But anyway, it turned out um, he called me back later and said, "Oh man, you're lucky." The UPS driver almost drove right by the house today, but I ran out in my underwear and I started screaming at him. <laughs> and he's probably shooting a shotgun out. And he pulled over and I gave him the platform, Chevy Chase. So he did call me back. He did let me know that he ended up giving the box back to the UPS driver. And instead of having it delivered to the guy in Massachusetts, it ended up coming back to me. Uh, and it was all like torn up and all. So I took it back to the UPS like store. Cow dung in there and hay. <laughs> I took it back to the UPS store that I delivered it. I said, look, this guy needs to get this thing. It was really expensive and I don't want to give him his money back because I want the money. <laughs> So can you please make sure it gets there this time? So they sent it. It ended up getting to him a few days later. But I just could not believe this guy in Texas. So did you tell UPS about this guy in Texas getting all this stuff? Yeah. What did they say? I don't know. I, we don't know. Oh. That, that, they're like, we don't know. That has to be the Texas branches uh, mix-up or something. Yeah, the real question is, <laughs> some guys... Texas branch? You sent it... From New Jersey to Massachusetts, why did why did it even get anywhere near Texas? <laughs> Someone at UPS rerouted it to this guy. I think some I think one of the employees is playing a joke on this guy or something. Where well, the real mystery is, someone's getting a life-size robot delivered to their house. <laughs> Someone ended up with a robot. If the robot is going to be the uh, Millennium Man, right? Robin Williams, <laughs> the Bison, Bison, whatever. Who ends up killing himself at the end because they won't let him vote. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Agent 99? What you believe? Would you believe? Go, go, Gadget Arms. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. All right, come on, let's just... All right, uh, so episode... Fire. Yes, episode 100. That was a big one. Yeah, that was probably the biggest one. Well, yeah, it was one of the biggest ones. Huge production value on that. We spared no expense. <laughs> so, uh, we had a bunch of... <laughs> a good time doing, uh, like, musical numbers in that show. That's right. That's right. We had the Dr. Phil singing uh, uh, songs. Including this song, it was Deo. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. All right, I'm sorry. Day, day, ayo. Daylight come and we wanna go home. Let's take three. <laughs> I feel like uh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Can't say anything without laughing. Bye. <laughs> Stop laughing! I'm picturing him saying it. Right. Stop! Get it out of my Stop. system! 
right. You're the musician. So? Take it seriously. I'm trying. It's comedy, though. It's not music. <laughs> <clears throat> take three. Four. Bay! Bay, a, oh. Oh. Daylight, come in. Me wanna go home. Day. Me say day, me say day. Me say day, oh. Daylight, come, and me wanna go five. For real. Day. Day, a, a, o. Daylight, come in. Me wanna go home. Day. Me say day. Right, come on. We're never gonna come get on. through this. We will, we will. Come on. Come on, one verse. One verse. I, I'm, I don't have a problem. <laughs> me, I'm talking to me. I take six. Seven. Seven. Day. Oh. Day. Oh. Daylight come, and we wanna go home. Day. Me say day. Eight. Day, oh. Day, oh. Daylight come and me wanna go home. <laughs> it's not that hard. I, I, you don't understand. I keep envisioning Doctor Phil in I'm the recording not. studio. <laughs> Alright, 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 alright. Nine. <laughs> Maybe I should just do the whole freaking thing. Day. Oh. Day, A, A, O. Daylight, come in. Me wanna go home. Day. Me say day. Me say day. Me say day, oh. Daylight, come, and me wanna go home. Now you work all night on a drink of rum, you drunk. Daylight come and we want to go home. Your wife is stacking bananas till the morning come. Daylight come and I want to go home. So come, Mr. Tally Man, tally me a banana for once. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot, but you got eight kids, have some responsibility. They, me say they, oh, daylight come and I want to go home. They, me say they, me say they, your wife is calling, come home. A beautiful bunch of ripe banana. The girl next door, yeah, we know. Better hide that deadly black tarantula. Anybody else get tired of this verse? Who wrote this song? I don't know. This song's terrible. It's about some lazy two-bit philanderer. This is exactly what I am in this business for. This person is in the basement emotionally. He has to wake up and smell the coffee and get with the program. The tally man is coming. I don't know who that is. Well, he better tally us some money. They better believe it. Now, I sung that better than you. 
No, I sung that better. You couldn't even get through it. That's why there's all those bloopers. No, you're an idiot. I could do 40 sit-ups in a row. I can play tennis for six hours. <laughs> all right. And also in that episode, uh, you know, many times we've done the uh, the Dr. Julius Sumner Miller's Why Is It So? Um, where I play Dr. Julius Sumner Miller, who is a dead um, a physicist who had a public education show like in the 50s or 60s. And, um, and you play his lab assistant who frequently falls into some kind of a calamity. Sometimes involving a mortal wound. Yes, but you don't die, so yeah. it's kind. Of, it's basically it's kind of like our version of uh, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Yeah, or Get a Life. Right, which is still not on DVD. Get a Life <laughs> DVD. Not possible. Come on, I've we been asking. Find... I've been asking. For, look, the show was on for two seasons. It's not like it's this one hundred disc box. No, hold set. on. It was not on for two seasons. It was on for like a year and a half. All right, so one and a half seasons. That's all I want. That's all I want. Come oh, on. Well, every other show. We we should get Chris Elliott's email address and keep emailing him or call him or something. He's not doing anything. Just come on the show and tell us why there's no DVDs. Exactly. I mean, I could go to the store. I could get Perfect Strangers on DVD. I could get uh, The Facts of Life on DVD. <laughs> One Day at a Time, Alice. I could get, like, all these shows that... No Who's going to go to the store and buy Alice on DVD? <laughs> and yet, Get a Life, nowhere to be found. I don't know. Anyway, Next. so the Julius Sumner Miller we did was involving pressure... Pressure. You have to learn to pace yourself. Pressure. No, no. Bad, <laughs> bad Billy Joel song. <laughs> Hello again, children. I'm Dr. Julius Sumner Miller, and physics is my business. Today on the program, we're going to learn about pressure. What is it? Pressure is the force of an area applied on an object in a direction perpendicular to the surface. How can we understand pressure? Why, we must use an experiment. And in order to do the experiment, I bring in my lab assistant, Mr. Ponch Stevenson. Say hello. Hi, Dr. Miller. Very good. Now. We're going to look specifically at water pressure. In order to show what water pressure can do, we have a apparatus here which is applying pressure to this barrel of water. 
Now on top of the barrel is it is locked shut with a lid. So as a result, the air pressure coming in to the water is building pressure. If we were to remove the lid ever so bit, the pressure would release. Our lab assistant, Mr. Ponch Stevenson, will secure the lid like so. Okay. What? Let me put on my safety goggles. I will turn on the pressure. The pressure is on now, and our air pressure generator is working. Actually, uh, don't turn it up anymore. I, I haven't secured the lid yet. All right, and now we will turn the pressure up. Wait, no, ah, ah, oh, oh, hit me in the face. I said don't turn it up. I'm sorry, but I am not a mind reader. I am a physicist, and physics is my business. Don't do it again. Listen next time. All right. That experiment is completed. We'll now move to a larger real-world experiment. Now our real-world experiment involves us to travel outdoors. We're now outside, air on the street in front of our laboratory building. We have a manhole covering on the street covering the sewer line system. I'm now going to plug in what you might see the fireman using, which is a pressure system to clear out the sewers. I apply the pressure now on the manhole cover. Above the manhole cover is a check. Now, our lab assistant, Mr. Paul Stevenson, we'd like you to sit on the chair and prove whether the water pressure will be enough to move the manhole cover. No, I don't think so. I have gotten hurt in every experiment. Enough is enough. I really don't want to get injured. We're going to prove that this apparatus here, it does not have enough power to move the manhole covering. That is the point of the experiment. Are you sure there is not enough pressure? We can never be sure, we can only be certain. And we're certain that physics is our business. I'm in the chair. I will now apply extra pressure to the sewer line. Pressure is building up. Okay, I'm still in the chair and I'm safe. Well, in about five seconds, the system will overload the tolerance of the sewer line as documented by the city engineer. Wait a minute. Well, I am flipped for three, two, one. Oh! 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 Pressure. Please call the ambulance. I'm Dr. Julius Sumner Miller. I think I broke my arm. And physics is my business. Alright. So that was 100. Uh, moving on, episode 101. This one was a big one, too. Yes, that was this, the the other biggest one. This was huge. So episode uh, one hundred one um, is uh, it was a big one. We went to the Global Green Expo in Jersey City, New Jersey, and we got to meet Ted Danson. 
Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Mr. Blackface. Yes. Sam Malone. <laughs> hey, Woody. <laughs> Woody! Gulliver. Oh, God. Awful. Uh, oh, he was uh, <laughs> once upon a spy. Oh, no. And, he, of course, he's also currently in the HBO show um, Bored to Death with Zach Galifianakis and Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. And Three Men and a Baby. That's right. And Three Men and a Little Lady. <laughs> yeah. And I think they're making a third one, God forbid. And, of course, how could we forget? Curb your enthusiasm. What? No! What? No! What? what? Eat that pie, Larry. You're gonna eat that. I, 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 don't, don't touch that pie. Don't touch that pie. <laughs> I don't want the pie. That was a great scene. Yeah. Um. So, so Ted uh, Danson. Ted Danson. So the backstory is: we go there, we get to meet Ted Danson. He gives this nice speech about oceans and how we're all gonna die because there's. Too much pollution in the ocean. There's no fish. And uh, it was a bit morbid uh, for his uh, group Oceana. And then um, he, Ted Dance is like, hey, I'm just going to I'm gonna stop. I'm going to go over to the side here. You know, I'm going to take pictures, sign autographs, whatever anybody wants. So, you know, we wait in line. <laughs> we were in line there with him for like half an hour waiting for all these stupid people to, you know, to leave. And finally, we're the last people online, and we go up to him, and you're like, hey, we can pitch or whatever, and then we're like, oh, oh, by the way, can we, <laughs> you're like, oh, can we interview you on our podcast? He's like, uh, yeah, sure, okay. And so, we were supposed to meet him at this booth, and he never showed up. And then all of a sudden, he showed up, and, and all of a sudden, and then uh, Rob was interviewing him and getting him a little bit annoyed <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and uh, then at the end there, I don't even know, have we ever posted the video that I took on my cell phone of of no. him like getting in your face? No. Ah, uh, I'm going to have to post that somehow. If I can convert it from the stupid format. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then we went to the Oceana booth. We're like standing there and... But I didn't know where he was. So I went walking around looking for him. Well, you stayed there. So then I come back, and you're already talking to him. I know. I was standing there, like, ten seconds after you left. Ah. Ted Danson and the woman that he was with are like, where are they? Where did they go? They, oh, oh, here he is. Here he is. Okay. Okay, you have one minute. Ted Danson <laughs> has to get on a plane. You have one minute. Like he's supposed to record it. Where's Greg? Come on! Oh, and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, wait. I, I'm I'm just I I got to get my recorder. Wait, hold on. I was trying to stall. So I'm looking around. I didn't see you. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna have to do it. So I'm with Ted Danson. I'm at the Global Green Expo in Jersey City, and just had a couple questions for you. Number one, you've been active in the environment for many years. If there's one thing that people can do, just regular people at home, what would you recommend the one thing people do, the easiest thing, the most effective thing? Well, those, there's some contradictions there, I'm afraid. The easiest <laughs> uh -oh. and the most effective. No, no, I'm just okay. saying, 
the truth is, a lot of the problems that I'm talking about are, are international, national, top-down kind of problems where you need to get, you either need to be educated, educate yourself on the issues, find out who your senators and congressmen are. Sometimes that's a lot of work. So okay. sometimes there are organizations out there. In my case, I, I'm on the board of directors of Oceana, O-C-E-A-N-A dot org. Go on the website. It'll teach you how to become an activist. You can become a wave maker, which means you all you have to do is click here, click there, click there. You know, and if it's something you believe in and you want to see something done about it, you will join 300,000 other people around the world who are doing the same thing. So, sadly, there no, there are lots of things you can do around your home, okay. you know, that, that you should be doing. You should be changing your light bulbs to the ones that last forever. You should be driving, you know, hybrids. There are tons of stuff you absolutely should do, and you probably all know about them even better than I do. But as far as trying to save our oceans from being depleted of fish in the next century, you know, in the next 50 years, then what you really, really need to do is need to become an activist. You need to change policy. It's fun. It's an easy way to do it, even if your lives are so busy. Check it out, Oceana.org. So become an activist and yes. educate yourself, yes. step one. Step one. Um, one other question. I live in Manhattan, and there are... Ooh, I have some more. Can I... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. More things. Of course. Um, absolutely. One out of six women have too much mercury in their system from eating fish to safely Which is give shocking birth. To I know. Me. This is EPA's uh, statistics, not some wacky environmentalist. Right. One out of six women, too much mercury in their system to give birth to a child without a possibility of neurological damage. Wow. So you go to your supermarkets and you say, excuse me, I want to see your FDA list of approved fish to eat because they do have them. You know, you can join. Are they required to display that? No. Which to me is crazy. I know. But we have gotten a lot of them. Uh, we've gotten a safe way to do it. Oceana has gotten a safe way to do it. Good. Whole Foods. That's uh, great. Trader Joe's. And here in New Jersey, we're working on A&P. Kroger's has signed up for it. So it's a very reasonable thing to ask. What fish are okay for me to eat? You know, and they will, they will provide it. In Manhattan, I shop at Whole Foods. And in your speech a little while ago, you were talking about um, swordfish is contaminated. A lot of the salmon is contaminated. No, with sam no salmon is not. Salmon or, or tuna. Tuna. Tuna is contaminated. If I shop at Whole Foods, things that are, are organically raised or raised in farms in Alaska or things like that, um, is that safe or should I be cautious of that as you well? You know something? I don't know the answer to that. Swordfish okay. across the board, no. Okay. I know that. And I know I that basically, <laughs> I know, basically albacore tuna, you may be all right because you're a guy, but if you're a kid or if you're thinking about getting pregnant, don't. Stay okay. away from it. You know, okay. And they do say eat one portion of albacore tuna a week at most. No more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ted Dancer, thank you very much. Yeah, sorry, I appreciate I it. Bye. Thank you. Ted Danson. Ted Dance. We got him. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> I know. So then, on well, the wait, way... Wait, 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 I, I want to say, you know, we joke around about the blackface, but we like Ted Danson. Of course. I, it's, just a, it's just a funny thing. Of course. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about Ted Danson on the show so much if we were <laughs> Ted Danson fans. Oh, but wait, right uh, after the interview, uh, I look down oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and the recorder's flashing red, 
Uh, like all these warnings on it, like, oh my god, if that didn't record, I, if that I would have, didn't record, I would have taken that thing, those Chinese batteries, <laughs> and you, and stuffed you in that solar-powered garbage compactor. Well, you know what's funny is, like you said, he was getting annoyed with me. I was actually, at the end of the interview, because, you know, it's the Paunch Stevenson show, we have to bust chops, so I was uh. going to... At the end of the interview, like, I was taking it so seriously. And then at the very end, I was going to say, oh, and uh, one more question, Mr. Ted Danson. Hmm. Will you sign my picture of you? And, of course, he would have been like, uh, oh, yeah, of course. Of course I'll sign a picture of, you know, for you. And I was going to give him the picture of him in blackface. Ah! <laughs> you had it on you? Yeah. Wow, I don't even know that. But I, uh, I I just didn't want to press our luck. He was already getting a little annoyed, so I just wanted, <laughs> I just left it at that. Well, I that took the high funny. road. Then I could have gone on video. Ted Danson, <laughs> Dex, idiot podcaster. <laughs> Gets arrested. <laughs> Ted Danson. So anyway, we talked to Ted Danson. And, um, and then the following day, we went back to this thing because appearing was Ed Begley. Yes, Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr., who you had called a few months earlier a rat! Well, he wasn't emailing us back. (laughs) He was ignoring us. Actually, no, it's correct. You called him a dirty rat. No, stupid rat. A stupid rat. No, he's not. He's clean. He's not dirty. I know. But he wasn't emailing us back. No. Come on. Well, luckily we had it. You oh, do luckily, not ignore the Paunch Stevenson show. No. Luckily, no. we had a, we had some uh, an inside contact there. Got us in there. Ted Danson. Uh, Ed Begley. Yeah, Ted and, Danson, we did all on our own. Yes, completely. And so, uh, Ed Begley, and again, you know, we, talk, we got to talk to him, whatever, and we were sitting on this park bench talking to him while he was eating some kind of popcorn or something. And <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Ed Begley! We have to post a video of that, too. We have that? I do, yeah. I don't have that. Yeah, I have it. Alright. Why didn't we post this then? Two years I, ago. I was saving it for the five-year anniversary yeah, special. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then we go over on a park bench, basically, and we get to interview Ed Begley, Drew. Yes. On yes. a park bench. Yes. In Jersey this- City. Yes. Liberty then, State uh, Park. Yes. Historic got, Railroad Terminal. Yes. And, Global uh, Green Expo. Yes. 2008. And, yes. And then... Uh, and g Yes. So I'm Rob, and I'm here with Greg and Ed Bagley Jr. We are at the PSC&G Global Green Expo 2008 in Liberty State Park, Jersey City, New Jersey. And uh, we just had a couple questions for you. Thanks for, for taking a minute. My pleasure. Um, we saw your speech, the keynote speech. And just to reiterate a couple of things, you were saying that um, being uh, conservative or environmentally active, people don't have to spend lots of money. People don't have to be rich. If you can afford a solar panel, great, do it. But if not... Um, what are some of the things that people can do? Like s- someone like me, when I go home, yeah. what can I do? 
energy efficient light bulb, energy saving thermostat, weather stripping, bike riding if, when weather and fitness permit, public transportation if it's available near you and here in this area it very much is. Uh, you know, just unplugging stuff, unplugging all that vampire power, that stuff, there's phantom loads that take from you like a vampire, take from you, give you nothing in return. The cell phone charger when it's not charging, unplug all that stuff. If you don't want the hassle of unplugging them all individually, put them on a power strip, all that phantom power stuff, and switch it off with one switch. They have a new technology called Green Switch, where you flick one switch when you leave your house or go to bed at night, and it kills all the vampire power. They've been using it in Europe for a while with hotel room card keys to switch off stuff that's unused. So there's ways to save energy that is very cheap, and we should be doing all that stuff first. Uh, living with Ed, and we saw the episode where you had that switch installed right. in your house, and you were showing your wife, look, one touch, yep. everything's off, Everything we leave the off. house. And I said, hook everything up into a power strip when we leave the house. I yep. did that this morning. Good. So, so that's, that's a really funny. good idea. You see? Great minds. Um, like I said, I'm not an expert with this stuff, and it seems like the people who go to something like the Global Green Expo are already into it, right? right. You're preaching to the choir. Right. And maybe people who aren't into it, um, it's just old habits, like people who smoke cigarettes. It's an right. old habit. Why don't you quit? It's an old right. habit. Why do you keep buying um, this product? It's an old habit. How do people get out of the old habits? You have to hit them where it affects them. And I think the pocketbook is a good way. You can show people that they're going to save money doing it. You can show them in other ways, things that they care about, that people from both sides of the aisle care about. I say, hey, why wouldn't you want to clean up the air in Los Angeles, Bakersfield, and Houston? Why wouldn't you want to lessen our dependence on Mideast oil? Why wouldn't you want to put money in your pocket? You say no to any of those things? No, there's no Republican, there's no independent, <laughs> anybody that's ever said no to that question. Right. So when you frame it in that way, I find, and I say with great pride, this show, Living with Ed, 40% of the email, you know, somewhere approaching half is from self-avowed red state Republicans. That's the biggest success I can ever, you know, uh, accept is that they, uh, people from the other side of the aisle, outside of my base, if you will, outside of the converted that we're always preaching to, yeah. you know, I go and speak at the, you know, the solar festival in Hopland, California, the tie-dye and VW bus crowd. And that's, you know, wonderful. I love those people, but they've already got solar panels to get a new segment of the population, new demographics. That's what we've done with the show, and that's what this book is doing as well. Well, you got me. <laughs> so, Thank you, Val. Um, one other question. We were here yesterday, and we saw Ted Danson do his yeah. keynote, and we talked to him afterwards. And uh, his organization, Oceana, is involved with uh, the ocean and, and sea, wildlife, fish. And he was stressing the fact that a lot of the fish now are poisoned or have toxic uh they, they have mercury in them he said avoid swordfish um tuna be cautious of things yeah, like yeah. that um are you aware of that and how widespread is that problem as far as uh it's a real problem i don't eat any of those fish those cautionary uh, fish you know i am mostly a vegetarian anyway i haven't had red meat since 1970 and i haven't had swordfish in you know 20 years or something or any of those uh, tuna and is long so uh i just I, bought swordfish well <laughs> from whole food you know you, maybe they should, have a sustainable swordfish there i don't know about that but uh you do the best you can and but we have to be careful we can't keep you know uh just raking our oceans 
uh, and having all this bycatch and, and killing so much marine life, it's going to be uh, very bad for our children and our grandchildren. We can't do it. He also mentioned that you would be here today. He said that you are one of his environmental heroes. He's one of mine. And he, he said he sees you riding your bike all the time, California, and he tries to run you off the road in his limo. Very funny. You gotta have a sense but, of humor. He yeah, has one. I yeah, love he was. That's very funny. So, and I think Greg, you had a couple questions. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think uh, my deal is more from the technology side. Yeah, and I'm always interested in new technologies, what we can do. And I know someone in the uh, your speech had asked about the aircraft. And that's definitely what I was going to ask because I just think like the aircraft, my father tells me all the time, he used to actually work uh, for an airline, that they're the worst polluters of any of the industries, is the aircraft industry, and no one ever, ever mentions it You're burning kerosene at 31,000 <laughs> feet. You know, it's not very clean. Jet fuel is kerosene with a mold retardant added. So it's not clean and there's no trees up there to mitigate that CO2. There's many reasons why it's not a good thing. You know, it's and a they judgment. say it changes our cloud patterns around. They, they believe it does, and, and so for that reason, I try to avoid it at all costs. Sometimes you got to be Monday in LA and Tuesday in Jersey City. You do the best you can, but uh, I buy TerraPass to mitigate it. But I try to fly as infrequently as possible. I think that's a prudent way to go. Do you think there's a, a realistic future for? I don't know, like a high-speed train like they have in Europe? I, mean, I think so. I think we need to move in that direction. That's high-speed train technology certainly works. It works in Japan. It's working in Europe, and uh, I think we can have that here. We need to have it here. Is there one website that you can recommend? It's off the top of your head. Again, someone like me who is getting into this now, one website I can go to that will give me maybe like, you know, hey, you're just starting out step one. Yeah. Um, here are some organizations you could get involved in or, or something like that. Fixingtheplanet.com. Fixingtheplanet.com. The best one. Well, <laughs> thanks a lot for taking time Thank out. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so nice. much. We could also have met Kevin Bacon, but we didn't really want to. And his brother. Whoever that is. Oh, God, Kevin Bacon. Have you seen the new commercial with Kevin Bacon? Yes, where he's dressed up as, like, some crazy guy. He's like, I know Kevin. People say I look like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's really weird. I know. It's strange. <laughs> he looks like some retarded psycho. Well, he's often, he's done a lot of movie roles where he's, like, made up like that for some reason. <laughs> really? Yeah. <sighs> Um, all right, so moving on, um, episode 108, we got to talk to our favorite fan, our biggest fan, number one fan, Esteban. Yeah, that was a good episode. And the seven, city of, city, bleh, seven Cities of Gold. <laughs> that was actually one of our best episodes. Yeah, it was. We talked about, well, yeah, what, what, what did we talk about? We talked about everything. We talked about Transformers, uh, Tron. Tron. We talked about his his uh, Air Force experience in Korea, where he almost saw a UFO and Antarctica. And, yeah, he was in Antarctica. He was in Turkey. Wherever he's been. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was really Esteban. good. Esteban is it's a good guy. And uh, the clip I'm just gonna it's a short clip, but 
it's uh, us goofing on the fact that uh, Esteban has been in so many places. Listen to the Porn Stevenson show on like four continents. <laughs> so, in all of your travels, uh, Esteban, uh, how many how many continents do you think uh, you, would you say you've listened to the Porn Stevenson show on? Well, definitely Antarctica, and then let's see, Turkey. I guess I had a stop in Singapore the first time I went down. And I remember that airport was really nice, but really long layover. Well, so that's probably still Asia. Podcasts there. Yeah, that's still Asia. Turkey. So it would probably just be um, Asia, Antarctica, the States. And, well, what's New Zealand? Because I stayed a couple uh, weeks. New Zealand is actually, I believe, uh, Australia. There you go. So whatever New, New Zealand counts as. Probably somewhere along the line over the last uh, at least three Three years, I have probably listened to your show on a on a CD that my sister made. <laughs> Maybe that would be four comments. Wow! Uh, so then, I I don't know if we have anybody li- listening in South America. I know we have some people in Europe. Well, here's the thing: other podcasts have people listening in all different continents. Yes, the Paunch Stevenson show has one listener who's going to all the different <laughs> continents. <laughs> and you know, I always used to joke to Rob, the only people listening to us are in Antarctica, and I was right. <laughs> so that was Esteban. And then we moved to episode 110. It's another short one, but uh, there was some, at the time, all of a sudden we started getting this rash of emails from people who just discovered our show out of nowhere and listened to like a, a current episode and then decided to listen to every single episode we'd ever done to that point. Yes, the marathon. And one, yeah, and this one guy in particular, this guy Paul in Missouri, decided to listen to every single one in reverse. <laughs> from like well, episode wait, wait like minute, wait 108 all the way to 1. In reverse order. Yes. Not in reverse. Oh, yeah, come on. He's not listening for satanic messages. <laughs> Listen, what was it, the White Album? Oh, I don't uh, You know, like those stupid parents or uh, yeah. preachers or whatever back then, they used to think that, that uh, record albums, if you played them backwards, these bands were putting in satanic messages. Come on. Mm-hmm. These people have a lot of free time on their hands. Yeah. Hi-o! It says, hello, Rob and Greg. I may have completed a great feat in Paunch Stevenson history. The first episode I listened to was episode 107 back in July, 2008. Uh-huh. Since then, I have worked my way backwards. Oh, and yesterday... No. Yesterday, I finally got to episode one, marking marking the fact that I have listened to every single episode. (laughs) I'm not sure exactly how many hours I spent doing this, but I've realized it's been way too many. (laughs) He's been doing this for two months? Yeah. No. (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of the Paunch Stevenson show, and I've got a couple other friends listening to the show, too. 
Oh my god. I actually came across PaunchStevenson.com by pure chance. I oh, saw okay. Sylvester Stallone on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Yeah. And I found it strange how nothing but his mouth moved on his face when he talked. <laughs> and then I realized it's all the Botox in his face. <laughs> I would imagine that's probably one part of why his head looks so large compared to what he looked like in the 1980s. <laughs> the other part being all the steroids he's taken. Um, maybe this explains why John Travolta's head is so gigantic now, too. God. I was searching for Sylvester Stallone pictures from the 1980s juxtaposed to current Sylvester Stallone pictures. Yeah. And the one on PaunchStevenson.com in the Hall of Lame was one of the results. Is he the one that po posted a comment that, and the Sylvester Stallone Hall of Lame said, who is this turd? <laughs> no, that's Steven Seagal. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, hey, you call me a turd? Hey, nobody. No, you, you can't do it. You got to do it in the Gino Felino voice. <laughs> Hey, you calling me a turd? I'm it gonna break Richie. your face. Hey, it was Richie. Call me a turd. Please. Don't, don't be a bad guy. Be a nicer guy. Come uh, on. Uh, Gino Felino. Come on. Uh, then he writes, I'll be looking forward to new shows. Paul uh. from St. Louis. Alright, so move forward. 112, episode 112. Um... We talk about a lot of our celebrity encounters, and Rob, having worked for such a long time and lived at different times in New York City, has uh, been the celebrity magnet. He was always seeing celebrities. Hasn't seen anybody lately, but for a while there, was seeing a lot of celebrities. And um, got two examples. One example is a, uh, a successful encounter for Rob. And one is a not-so-successful encounter, in a sense. Uh-oh. Successful when you ran into Louis Black. <laughs> and, well, first of all, I got there, and my friends and I got the tickets, and we're waiting in line to go in, and, uh... This old guy kind of just is walking by and he bumps into me. Yeah. And I, I just, out of the corner of my eye, I see him. It's like, oh, who's this old guy walking by? And he's like, oh, sorry. He's <laughs> mumbling. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's fine. No problem. Cause yeah, it's New York City. It's crowded. People bump into each other. And then, a couple seconds later, I looked over and was like, eh, let me see what this guy looks like. And I glance over and I'm like, wait a minute, that's Louis Black. Ah! The comedian. Wait, so when you sent me the text message that night that said, I, re I just bumped into Louis Black, you literally bumped <laughs> into him. Well, he bumped into me. Whatever. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Where are you going? Watch where you're going. So, so then afterwards, there was this party, and we went yeah. backstage, and um, and he was there. Ah, and I'm like, oh man, that's Louis Black. It's so cool. So we walked up to him, 
and was like, "Hey, Louis Black, I I see you on TV. I see your your uh, comedy specials and movies and stuff like that." Said, oh, Thank thanks, you. thanks, thanks. So then I said, "Would it be because uh, his whole thing is that he's this very angry, annoyed comedian?" Yeah. That's his act. He's always complaining and angry about something. Pointing his fingers. Yeah, so I didn't want to make him angry. <laughs> so I'm trying to ask if I could take a picture. I'm like, God, is, is it okay? I don't want to bother you. It's, yeah, it's fine. I like it. I like when people ask me to take pictures. <laughs> so he, he was really nice. Ah. So he took the picture. And then... I said, man, it's it's so weird. How come you're so nice? I, I thought you'd be really angry and yelling at me. And then he said, no, no, I I like people. I like this kind of thing. I I get angry at authority. I hate authority. Yes. So that was cool. So another celebrity sighting. Yes. Too bad. It's another one in our column. Louis Black. Yes. Owen Stevenson show. Now, wait a minute. You couldn't get him to do, like, a, a teaser for us? Like I said, I, did, I, I didn't want him to start yelling at me in the middle of the play. No, that, that's exactly what you want. <laughs> you people always bothering me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, you got to talk to him. You got a picture with him. He was very then, nice. Yes. And then unsuccessful was when you uh, stayed after a show to talk to Juliana Hatfield, musician, and she was a bit grumpy with you. A bit crass. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't very nice. <laughs> and then you kept emailing her something on MySpace to try and get her on the show, and she never replied, and then you blasted her. Well, didn't you go to another Juliana Hatfield show? Yes, yes, thanks for reminding me. Um, I didn't see any pictures of you with her. I went to see her, and the opening act was horrible. I couldn't stand them. They put me to sleep. They were terrible. Uh, so, and then she came on. It was a good show. She had a good band with her. Um, the guitar player was really good and everything. So, afterwards, several of us were waiting downstairs... And so about 45 minutes later, <laughs> Wait, you're waiting there for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You doofus. And the crowd of people, which wasn't that big to begin with, that yeah. that waited for her after the show dwindled down and down until there were about <laughs> five of us left. And then so she finally came. She finally showed up. Yeah. She finally came out from the dressing room or whatever backstage and then people were just getting you know she was signing stuff so then i it was my turn so i walked up to her and i know that she's she's pretty shy and i said hey is that that was a good show and can you sign my copy of your book and can you sign the cd and yeah okay like okay, well, thanks a lot, and and oh, by the way, um, do you read your MySpace messages or does someone else read them? Oh, God. and she said, uh, sometimes I read them, sometimes someone else reads them. Why? And I said, oh, because I I sent you a few messages. Oh no, oh, no you didn't. 
I sent you a few messages. My friend no, and I didn't. do a podcast. No, you didn't. <laughs> and we talk about music and TV shows and all these things. And we've had celebrities on, Ted Danson, Ed Bakley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, bigger celebrities than her. Yeah. Ed Danson. You didn't say all this. You're lying. No, 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 no. I did. I did. Oh, and, and, and she's God. just looking more angry by the second. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm wasting. She's like, you know, I, and again, maybe she thinks she's looking very friendly and maybe she thinks <laughs> she's looking very sociable. But to me, she looked like she was getting very angry. Wait. So I said, yeah. So, was, you know, it would be great if you if you would come on. It wouldn't have to take up too much time. We could talk about uh, you the album and all that and and i gave her the little business cards we printed out and she said she would check it out and get back to me but she hasn't (laughs) and i even definitely not well and and even the next day i sent her a myspace message and i said hey it's me rob from the show thanks again for the great show and the book and everything and and uh just you know, again, we, you know, we, we, we would love to have you on the podcast. And if, if you could just set aside 20 minutes, that would be great. Let me know. Nothing. So I, I don't know what more I can do to make this happen. And come on, what the heck? 20 minutes? You can't spare 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? I'm going to get her on the show. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's it's still in the works. No. No. Anyway, my most recent celebrity encounter, Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah. And I got a picture with her. I've not seen this picture. It's on my phone. I have to figure out how to get it off. (laughs) Wait a minute, you don't know how to get it off your phone? Don't you have like a, um, can't you plug your phone into your computer? I don't know. With a USB, you don't have a USB cable? I'll have to try. God. Alright, so moving on. Episode 117. Um, the two of us kind of separately discovered Celebrity Rehab, Dr. Drew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we sh- we shared our experience watching it, particularly the um, uh, the travails of Jeff Conaway and Gary Busey. Hi Sixteen was it episode one sixteen or one fifteen? We were talking about celebrity rehab, <sighs> the TV show. Oh my god! I was watching that the other day. Oh man! Yeah, it was episode one sixteen. Jeff Conaway is just a wreck. He can't even walk. I know. So remember I was saying that, like, I, I watched a few episodes and he was just, call 911. That's it. Call 911. <laughs> so after we posted that episode, I watched another episode of it. And they had him sitting there. He was talking to Dr. Drew. And then they had his girlfriend sitting there. Um, Dr. Drew asked, so, so what's he like at home? And she said, he's constantly calling 911. <laughs> 
Like he st- he 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 uh, you know he he opens the refrigerator. There's no milk. He calls nine one one. The toilet overflows. He calls nine one one. That's all this guy does. That's all he knows how to do. Nine one one. Do it again. It's so fun. Call nine one one. And then of course you know Gary Busey is. Uh, you know, he's, I think he's, I was watching one part of it, and he was like, "You know, Gary, I don't like you. You're a piece of garbage." <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, he's like, you're a psychopath. And he's yeah. like, yeah. Well, thanks for the analyzation, Doctor Conaway. <laughs> Call nine one one. That's all he would say the whole episode, <laughs> over and over. Call nine one one. Oh man, Jeff Conway, and then I don't understand why they they can't give these two guys a reality show like the two Corys, <laughs> Gary and Jeff. Or, you know. Yeah. Well, you, remember you said that they uh, for Gary Busey they had to bring in like a like a child psychiatrist to get him to calm down or something. You said that, yeah, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> He's such an idiot. <laughs> Gary Bushy. Alright, moving on. Episode 119. This is a quick one. Um, we were talking about, like, you were talking about, and in, in only as you can, <laughs> your, like, insane movie reviews, synopsis, synopses, of a couple of Christmas movies that were terrible. Oh, and they were one, bad. One, one in particular was uh, Snow Globe, starring Christina Milian. And then this other one I saw, I forgot what it was called, but it was about this woman in New York City who gets, uh, she gets somehow sucked into a snow globe. <laughs> what? <laughs> And then I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, this woman gets sucked into something. Okay, that happens in movies. Okay, I can understand that. And then it just hit me. Snow globe. But anyway, so this woman gets sucked inside of a snow globe. And she's like talking to the people that supposedly like live inside of it. And all the buildings what? and everything. What? <laughs> um, so anyway... She's in the snow globe. She finds the certain spot where she can get back out into New York City. And uh, this guy who lives down the hall from her, they start like kind of liking each other and hanging out. And he's in her apartment. They're hanging out one night. And then this other guy just walks in. He's like, hey, uh, what are you guys up to? And the, and the guy in the apartment's like, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, oh, I came from inside the snow globe. Uh, I'm here to see uh, <laughs> whatever her name is. I'm I'm here to see Angela. Like, Why? And then Angela comes in. Oh my God! How did you get here? And so all the people from the snow globe start coming out, and she, and then someone breaks the snow globe. Uh, so now everything's all messed up. And how do we get them back? And this and that. So at the end of the movie, the postman. Delivers Kevin a box. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Costner delivers a box 
to the woman Angela. And they special delivery, <laughs> web schlinger. Oh, and, uh, and she opens it up and it's a new exact same version of the snow globe. And so they all get sucked back uh-huh. in and then, and she's, she's back in New York City. They're back in the snow globe. So she breaks it so that this, this madness stops and everything's back to normal. Killing all the people in the snow. Killing world. all the people in the snow. What does that do with Christmas? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> and the way you described it was as this like sadistic, like Rob Zombie inspired <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> it was. This like Stanley Kubrick insanity. <laughs> it was. <laughs> All right, so there it goes, Snow Globe. All right, moving on. Episode 140, we decided to talk about wrestling. We had Kelly, a lady who is a uh, blogger or something on the uh, WrestleCrap.com site. What you gonna do, brother? Yeah. When Hulkamania runs yeah, wild yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah. Ricky Steamboat's gonna get a cup of coffee. Yeah, can't even <laughs> afford a cup of coffee. Yeah cup of coffee. So, uh, we decided to talk with her about all goofy stuff with wrestling. In particular, um, Hulk Hogan and how every single match would be him getting beaten up by the bad guy. He'd be like a, he'd literally be like asleep on the canvas. And then he would just start like gyrating and wake up and then would win the match. Well, his whole body would start vibrating. <laughs> And then he would start blowing. <laughs> yeah. By the way, speaking of wrestling, what was the episode where it was me, you, and Dennis in your car in the Clifton Commons parking lot in New Jersey? Yeah, that was when we were talking about... And then you... Because you still had the iPhone at the time, and you were playing the the clips of the ultimate warrior and Jake the snake Roberts. Yeah, that was hilarious. I know. <laughs> he because I had him. talked about that thing for like years, but it was like, well, where, how, where was the clip to this? Yeah, it was, uh, Jake, the snake Roberts lured the ultimate warrior into a basement with all these fake snakes yeah, and locked him in the room. <laughs> and he started screaming. Warrior, warrior. Oh man, it was great. Awful. Oh, yeah! He probably gave the worst promos in the history of wrestling. I mean, it was just him. It was just him yelling and screaming, take your vitamins, uh, what you gonna do, and... What you gonna do, brother? Brother! Say your prayers, brother. And, Kellen, let me me ask you, I don't don't know if... how far back you go in terms of, uh... I think you're younger than us, so maybe you don't remember the... The mid '80s Hogan, but oh yeah, I do. Okay, did you used to think as a kid at the time that they had two Hulk Hogans? <laughs> what? But I used to swear that there were two Hogans two because Hulk when they Hogan? had hold on when they had the promos backstage with Hogan, he looked like this young, really ripped guy. You know, kind of looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, just ripped. And he was young and he was tan. And he, he and then when they had the when he came down for the match, he was pale and fat and, f- 
fat and out of shape and had no muscle tone and <laughs> no hair. Well, he didn't have hair in the other thing. He had the bandana no on. But I wait. I used to swear that they had two different Hulk Hogan's. <laughs> no. No, well, because that rumor. <laughs> probably when he did the promos was when he had just injected the steroids, and then by and the time it worked like by that. the time he got to the oh. ring, they wore off. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. I don't know. Wait a minute. Wait, I just thought of another. Must have been the oil. I just thought of another dumb wrestling gimmick. Speaking of Hogan, no. Do you remember during the? I don't know when this started, but at some point when it was like all the Hulkamania and stuff like that, he would start wrestling somebody. The person would completely kick his butt. He'd be on the ground crying and and like passed out. Sleeper, they have him in a sleeper hole. Yeah, and then the person would like start beating him and punching him, and he'd be like falling and yeah. crying. And then, like on the tenth punch, he would start shaking. <laughs> and then the guy would punch him again, and he would like he would get up on one knee, and then the guy would punch He'd him shake again. Shake his head. <laughs> and then he would start blowing like. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then the guy would punch him again, and then that was it. Then he would just destroy the other guy. Yeah, but by destroying him, we mean three punches where he's barely even moving his arm. And throws him off the rope, barely gets his leg off the ground, hit the guy with the, 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 the leg drop. The foot. No, first with the big foot, and then the leg drop. <laughs> All the while doing, you know, doing the waving at the ear, you know, do you hear me, stupid thing. All right. What's next? Episode 143, The Beatles episode. That's right, love. That's right, love. So we were talking about The Beatles the whole episode. And now look, other podcasts may dis- dis- discuss The Beatles. Now, we're, we talked about all the fringe stuff with The Beatles. You know, it's very, John, very interesting. Yeah, John Lennon's father had, had an album. We talked about uh, the horrible uh, session with... McCartney and a very coked up John Lennon and Stevie Wonder. Yeah, Stevie Wonder and just just craziness and we even briefly uh, uh, attempted to discuss Paul McCartney's uh, um, career as a uh, a classical musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have any of the uh, the classical. <laughs> what was that? Can we get a clip of that on here? Go to YouTube. Uh, no, 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 it's garbage. Uh, I can't. I cannot pollute our show with that filth. He put like ten of these things out. It's garbage. Classical music. Even his rock music is garbage. Hold on. Now. Yeah, but uh, it's great. It's old. It's the bloody Beatles White album. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, well, that's that's how you reacted, was just cackling. <laughs> By the way, this past Saturday, yeah, Paul McCartney was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I did see parts of that, yeah. And let me, you know, look, I'm a very, very gigantic Beatles fan. I'm a big Paul McCartney fan. I like Paul. He McCartney. cannot. Sorry to interrupt. He cannot appear on live television close up like that anymore. No. Well, I was gonna say. You know, I know. Look, I know he's almost seventy years old. I understand that. I get that. He's almost seventy. 
and up until, you know, like, the past few years, his voice has still been very good. He's still able to get a lot of those high notes. He, he sounds really good. And then this past Saturday night, I saw him live on Saturday Night Live, and he just can't do it. He just can't hit the notes anymore. His voice was all over the place. I felt bad. I felt bad for him. Uh, I, I really didn't watch the musical part. I just watched the... Um, they, they did like that, that that like skit of like stumbling with, uh, with uh, Paul Rudd and Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, why is this guy even on the show? I don't know. What, what, he's just a body. <laughs> That's it. So anyway, he's he's doing whatever he's talented enough to do, which is smiling like a moron and stumbling around. All right, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And then, what did it, at some point in that skit, all of a sudden, Paul McCartney appears. And he was doing something really like retarded, but I can't remember what it was now. He was playing this little like one centimeter wide harmonica. Oh, the harmonica, yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, but yeah, strange. I mean, look, I like Paul McCartney, I respect him, but he's just, he, he, he's an old man now. He is officially yeah, an old man, and he's try, he's trying so hard to be hip and youthful and energetic yeah. and jump around and be the, be the I think cool he's got, first of all, I think he's got to, he's got to cut his hair and he's got to stop dyeing his hair. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. He's trying Anyways. to be, well, he, he's trying to be the cool rock star. And it's ah, uh, it's no. it's just not working. He he's just too old, you know. Just be old, age gracefully. Yeah. Just it's okay. All right, so we wound up in that episode also talking about Paul McCartney's coming up video. Yes, that's right, love. When he was dressed as I don't know Hitler. I dressed up as Hitler, you know, hey. and uh, you know, uh, I played the keyboard, you know, hey. it's uh, the, the the Sergeant Pepper, you know. It's, uh, yeah. It was fun. I was even dressed as Yoko. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here we go. And in this music video, he's doing all of the parts. I know. I, this is the, the, one of the greatest music videos ever. Well, Linda's in it, too. Right, but it's so horrendous. It's horrendous on purpose. <laughs> what happened oh. to the uh, trip? That's how it's recorded. He recorded it himself at home with a little, you know. Well, he always did that, even with the Beatles. He would well, come in, you know, right at the end there. <laughs> Get that stupid, that stupid head shake that he does. And who's the guy in the background? Supposed to be Hitler? <laughs> it's Hitler. <laughs> who's that supposed to be? Yoko? And Buddy Holly? <laughs> I think that's supposed to be Buddy Holly. Oh, man. He looks so good. You know, here, I think he was 40? Or thir 38? I think he wasn't even 40. 38. Yeah. Wow. Alright, so... Woo! Yeah, so that's a good one. Now, John Lennon, I don't know if he was joking or not. But, uh, oh, actually, Linda plays a, a man also in this thing. <laughs> What the like hell Am was that? Amish guy. <laughs> but, um... Linda... Hitler. That was him. Hitler. He's playing himself. Amish. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
All right, moving on. Moving on. Episode 150, which was a big one for us also. But I'm only playing one part of it, which is my my exclusive interview with the body, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse the body. Let me tell you. So, um, right, so, what's the, what, uh, so finally, I'm, I ask him, kind of a joke, serious thing. I say, who's, who is scarier? The Predator, of course, he was in the Predator movie, or Dick Cheney, who I despise. Well, everyone does. And so this, this is what he said. And then he goes, goes <laughs> off in some tangent about torturing. I'm going to torture Dick Cheney. All right, just play it. I got one question. Yes, who's scarier? The Predator or Dick Cheney? Who's the Predator or Dick Cheney? Yeah. Are you kidding me? The Predator's way scarier. <laughs> Dick Cheney. <laughs> I mean, you know, I made Yale's top ten quotes for last year. Every year, Yale University has the top ten quotes of the year. My son told me, and they they go down in history because they've had it. They've been doing this apparently for a long, long time. I came in last year when I was on Larry King, and we were talking about torture. And I've been waterboarding, and I told Larry King, I says, Larry. You give me Dick Cheney a waterboard in one hour, and I'll have him confess to the Sharon Tate murder. And, uh, that, and that, made, that, that made it into the Yale. That made it into the Yale top ten quotes of the year. And that's the truth. I've been waterboarded. It is torture. There is no doubt about it. And when they say, does Khalid Sheikh Mohammed confess? Well, yeah, they waterboarded him 180 times. I got news. Every one of us would have confessed to 9-11 if they waterboarded you. Why do you think these gentlemen can't torture people? Because it has, when you torture someone, they will say whatever it is to stop the torture. It has no credibility whatsoever. <laughs> what, the waterboarding? Well, and then on the other side, O'Reilly called me a pinhead over the fact that I said, okay, if we waterboard these terrorists, why didn't we waterboard McVeigh and Nichols? Because a lot of people thought there were more people involved there. Why didn't we waterboard them? O'Reilly calls me a pinhead because the answer is simple. They're, they're American citizens. Oh, really? So it's okay to waterboard a foreigner, but you can't waterboard any citizen? So, like, if a European person comes here and breaks the law, we can take them in and waterboard them? Come on, people are people. It's a humanity issue, not a country issue. You know, you know, you know. O'Reilly's a coward. Well, the fact is, where he starts talking about Dick Cheney, I learned later when I read the book that that's he has that in the book. So I basically fed him uh, the question uh, that was in the book. Oh man! But did you really remember when I did the you, imitation of him? You threw him a on, on Larry King. Yeah, yeah. When he's yeah. like, when he was on the Rohoko, he's like, let me tell you, Larry, I'm gonna get Bin Laden and shoot him, and then I'll be, I'll, I'll tell you, Larry. And, that's, and then he did that for I know, me. I know. He's like, I was a Larry King, and let me tell you, I said, Dick Cheney, you should be waterboarded. Ah, Jesse the Body. There it goes. My interview with Jesse, uh, where I asked him a question about Dick Cheney. And the, the body. Dick Cheney, what? Who? <gasps> Let me tell you, did did you know that the the fifth beetle was? Uh, he, he kept like talking about who the fifth beetle was. Like, who cares? <laughs> who was it? He kept, he kept naming all these people. 
I should have asked him about Paul McCartney, whether he thought Paul McCartney had died in 1967 or something oh, and that they replaced him. Oh, God. Let me tell you, he was dead as a doornail. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. That's right, love. It's not the yeah. real Paul McCartney, love. No. Anyway, so uh, moving on. 156. Uh, many times we've done the Arnold Schwarzenegger, This Man's Not Dead. This Man uh, Is Not Dead. And here's one where we did uh, as Ross Perot. And the first George Bush. Oh, a thousand points of life. George Bush. George Bush. George Bush. Not gonna do it. Not not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Can, can I finish? Can I can finish? I finish? No, 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 not gonna no, can, can I, not can gonna I let finish? you finish. No, no. <laughs> Ross Perot. Right, anybody anybody got some weed? Oh god. I could use a, I could use a joint. Whatever happened to Ross Perot? He's like not hundred years old. Is he still alive? I think. Yeah, yeah. He is. You hear this? Help me! Get me out of here! My God! This man's not dead. He's not dead. I'm this not man. dead. Yeah, this man is not dead. This man is not dead. Uh, this, uh. this man is not dead. Man is not dead. Read my lips. Man is not dead. All right, then, uh, last but not least, episode 157. It is uh, Rob doing his infamous Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> impression uh, after uh, Jean-Claude's uh, ill-fated uh, uh, interview in which he bashed Sylvester Stallone and then said that he'd like to play a pro what was it? Kind of a priest? Uh, you know, I, I call up Sly. I say, you know, you, you make me character, you know, protestant <laughs> priest. Protestant. Protestant Character. Priest. I need to see character. Wow. <laughs> so, look, I know Jean-Claude Van Damme has an accent, but since when can't he speak a word of English? <laughs> it's always like that. I say to Stallone, I say what my character is. Yes. I want to know, you know, maybe, maybe I can play a, a, a priest, a protestant priest who, who very strong, very strong priest. I, 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 I do karate on everybody. Priest. No, no, he was telling Stallone to, to do, to do that. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. They're all idiots. <laughs> Oh well, Stallone. He 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 gets very mad. He hang up phone on me. Yeah. Hey, you trying to make fun of me? Uh, uh, uh. I I say no, no, Sly. I uh, I, I watch Rocky. I I, I go I jump. Split. I go jump park bench and do split. <laughs> I, I I I love it. I need to know character. <laughs> yeah, right. Freak. I knew that was coming. So that's it. Five years. Five years. We will do this again in another five years. Maybe. If we're still alive. Yeah. Oh, man. Five years. We are the... We are the cavemen of podcasts. You said that already. <laughs> we are the chubby checker of podcasting. <laughs> 
The Buddy Holly of podcasting. Then we'd be dead. Well, <laughs> that's right. You know who played Buddy Holly? Ted Danson? No, Gary Busey. Yeah, come on. What? The Buddy Holly story, Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey played Buddy Holly? Yeah, he even sang the songs. He looked just like him. Oh my god, when was this? Oh, wow, like 19, I don't know, 79 or something. I can't even pick. What was he like? Insane, like shooting people with arrows. Nah, he was pretty, uh, pretty normal. I'm shocked. What does Holly stand for? Holly, H O L L Y. Hooligans only love licking yo-yos. <laughs> You don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. 